Hi, and welcome to Saturday, August 31st edition of LGHL Tailgate. I'm your host, Matt Tamanini, and it's finally game day. Every Ohio State football game day this season, I will be kicking off your morning with all of the details that you need to be prepared for that day's contest. Whether you are watching the game at the shoe, road tripping to an away venue, or enjoying it from the comforts of your own home. Every week, I will also be joined by 610 WTVN sports reporter, the legendary Lori Schmidt, for her unique insights into the game with a peek under the hat. Today, the fifth-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes will open their 2019 football season by welcoming the Florida Atlantic Owls to Ohio Stadium for a 12 noon Eastern time kickoff. This game carries a great deal of historical significance as it not only marks the opening of the university's 130th year of college football and the 150th year of college football in general, but it is also the first game in the tenure of Ohio State's 25th head coach, Ryan Day. The game will be broadcast on Fox Television. On the call will be the network's number one team of Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt in the booth and Jenny Taft on the sideline. The game can be heard on both 97.1 FM and 1460 AM on the radio dial. As he has for the past 21 season, the voice of the Buckeyes, Paul Keels, will be on the call, and he will be joined by the color commentator, Ohio State and Redskins legend Jim Lachey, who is starting his 23rd season calling the Buckeyes. They will be joined again by Matt Andrews on the sideline. Ohio State comes into the game as a 28-point favorite over Lane Kiffin's Owls. The over-under is set at 65 points. In Ohio State's first Friday depth chart and availability release of the season, it was announced that sophomore defensive tackle Teron Vincent, senior captain wide receiver C.J. Saunders, senior tight end Rashad Berry, and senior captain defensive end Jonathan Cooper have all been ruled out due to injuries. The game-time decisions against Florida Atlantic include sophomore defensive ends Tyreek Smith and Tyler Friday, as well as junior running back Demario McCall, who had been declared J.K. Dobbins' backup. Noticeable on the depth chart is that with the injuries to Cooper, Smith, and Friday, Jayshon Cornell is again listed as a defensive end, this time on the first-team line. After having played end earlier in his career, he had been practicing at the more comfortable tackle position during the fall, but the injuries necessitate his move back outside. At linebacker, junior captain Tuff Borland and junior Baron Browning are listed as co-starters in the middle, as are senior nose tackle Robert Big Bob Landers and sophomore Tommy Togiai. The temperature in Columbus at kickoff will be a practically perfect 75 degrees with some substantial cloud cover, but almost no chance of rain. The temp will move up to around 80 degrees as the game winds down. The humidity will be in the mid to upper 40s throughout the game. If you will be at the shoe for the game, there will be some notable in-stadium changes this season. In an effort to improve the fan experience, the stadium has been wired for Wi-Fi throughout the stands and concourses. OSU faculty, staff, and students will automatically connect to OSU Wireless inside the stadium. But for any other fans, the SHU's Wi-Fi password will be OSU Fan Wi-Fi. That is lowercase OSU, capital F, lowercase A-N, capital W, lowercase I-F-I. In addition to the best damn band in the land, fans will also be entertained, I guess, by an on-field DJ who will be spinning records from the field level. This move has been fairly controversial amongst fans, so we'll see how it plays out in the first game of the season. You will also notice some new concession options at the shoe. In addition to the traditional popcorn, hamburgers, hot dogs, brats, and beer, will be local vendors Wicked Lobster 
and Chicky Chicky Waffle. They will both be located in Section 19A. Bake Me Happy, a gluten-free bakery, is moving locations in the stadium to Section 7A. And the Taste of the Competition, which features items inspired by that day's opponent, will be back as well. The stadium will also offer an unlimited pop option for the first time. You can get refills throughout A, B, and C decks. Joining the Budweiser, Coors, and Miller Lite options from previous seasons will be Bon and Viv Spiked Seltzer and Corona brand beers. As always, Ohio Stadium gates will open two hours before kickoff, so that will be at 10 a.m. this week. The doors to St. John Arena will open four hours prior to kickoff if you would like to make your way inside to get seats for the Skull Session. Again, those doors will open at 8 a.m. All right, coming up after this short break, what you have all been waiting for, the brilliance and insight of the Mad Hatter of Columbus Sports Reporting, 610 WTVN's Lori Schmidt. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, we are joined now by 610 WTVN sports reporter Lori Schmidt. Lori, how are you? I'm doing really well, Matt. I hope you are too. Thank you. I'm doing very well. Excited to get the football season going. So, I wanted to talk to you going into games because I always marvel at all of the things that you pull out from underneath your hat that very (laughs) few other reporters have. And I think it's just your innate curiosity and attention to detail that sets you apart and makes you a Hall of Famer in my book. So as we are going into this season opener, the first under the Ryan Day administration in Columbus, what are some things that have piqued your interest or some things that have kind of made you uh, uh, raise your eyebrows at everything that's coming up uh, for the Florida Atlantic game on Saturday? Well, one thing that really intrigues me, Matt, is how much that Lane Kiffin has made it apparent that he doesn't want to play Ohio State. Uh, (laughs) I mean, just pretty brutally honest about it, actually. And, you know, he's got the top recruiting class in his conference two of the past three years. So I, I shouldn't be telling him how to motivate young men to do what he wants them to do. And yet I can't help but think that if I was a player for the Owls, looking at his comments about the only good reason to play Ohio State is money, uh, I I wouldn't feel motivated. Um, So, yeah, he he said that the reason to play the Buckeyes is money. And he even kind of threw the former AD, who was a Buckeye, Pat Chun, under the bus Mm -hmm. for scheduling the game. Now, I know part of this is that they face Central Florida the second week of the season, but still... That is pretty amazing to me how open he was about that. Yeah, it it normally you would think that he'd spin it as, well, they're really talented, but it's a great way for our guys to test what they're made of and get them ready for our conference season, which is really what we're looking for, yada, yada, yada. But you're right, they are projected to be one of the best teams in Conference USA to potentially win that conference, and yet he's here making it sound like they are Gordon Gee's little sisters of the poor. And they, you know, in respect to some of the big dogs that Ohio State's going to play, they kind of are, but they're not awful. I mean, they're not rice. So 
Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting too. Yeah, they're they're not a team that needs the opponent's fans to be nice to them, which is <laughs> something that he's kind of pleaded for. The other thing that strikes me interesting about FAU is its quarterback situation because Kiffin hasn't named his starter, but the guy who is projected to start is a cat by the name of Chris Robeson, who has a kind of interesting history. He transferred in from Oklahoma, missed spring ball because he'd been accused of assault and charges were never pressed, uh, and then has gone in and this fall appears to have won the job. Again, he hasn't been named the starter, but it, everyone who reports on the team says he's the one that's stood out in scrimmages. He's the one that started almost every game last year. He is also, Matt, one of the team's backup punters. Love to see Chris it. Robeson. Chris Robeson, honest to goodness, owns the FAU record, and the school only has an 18-year history, so it's not like we're going back to the 20s here, but still, he he owns the school record for passing yards in a game and yards per punt in a season. I think that's pretty unique. Is there a qualifying number for that punt total? Like, is Five. it... To five, five minimum is- of five, and he and he has six, so he just made it. <laughs> oh, all right, I, I like it. I mean, look, Ohio State's had a history of of quarterbacks who also kicked. Thinking of Tom Tupa, um, so it's not completely out of the realm of a possibility. You always think about AJ Trapasso, as you know, being a, mm-hmm. a, a former Pickerington Tiger, was a a, a quarterback for uh, in high school before coming to Ohio State to kick. So look, the the high school quarterbacks are usually the best athletes, so they get them out there as many ways as they can. It's just very rare when you see it translate to uh, to college as well. I like that. All right. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and uh, in addition to that, I should probably also mention that uh, the Owls' starting kicker is out with a knee injury. Now, oh. they they do have some 22 freshman, uh, 20 year, two year old freshman Australian who has come in uh, and punts. So I'm not going to say that you're going to see the FAU quarterback come out and field every punt, but the guy that they had projected as their starter at that position is out with a knee injury. I would imagine also knowing Lane Kiffin, he's going to use that at some point, maybe not against Ohio oh, State, yeah. but he's going to use that to his advantage to, you know, do some sort of trickeration and, and get goofy with it because he is Lane Kiffin and that's what Lane Kiffin does. And how great is it for Ohio State fans that they're going to get to see a sort of mad scientist on offense in week one and then week two, a mad scientist on defense in Luke Fickle. So I think uh, Ohio State in some ways, has a pretty good open to the season in terms of what you're going to see on the field. Yeah, I don't expect either the Owls or the Bearcats to necessarily right. pull the upset. But I think you're right. They give a really good test for, in, in week one, the kind of reconfigured scheme of the new defensive coaching staff. And then on the other side, with Luke Fickle, who's going to, I hope, just get thunderous applause when he walks into the shoe for the first time as an opposing coach um he he will obviously present a very stout defense to challenge Mm -hmm. justin fields and the rebuilt offensive line especially so um there's no marquee game like there has been in recent years but i do agree with you that there's there's some good tests and some you know uh, there's a steep on-ramp to get the buckeyes ready for the rest of the regular season and About the Buckeye offensive line, just one thing that I found interesting, Matt, is that 
the reviews that you get from people who've been allowed to watch practice a whole lot more than just the general beat reporters do say that the two areas that you might have the most concern about as an OSU fan, the reconfigured offensive line, having lost as many starters as they did, and the linebacking core, just because of the performance of the linebackers last season, have shored up to be two areas, uh, have shored up to be two areas of strength for OSU. Now, I, I can't guarantee that that's true because, again, this information is secondhand, but it is from people who have watched a great deal of Buckeye practice this fall. Yeah, and I think it's I think the offensive line is the most interesting to me because yes, they have to replace four starters, but when you look at it, they have three and I'm gonna put the, this word in in air quotes, returning starters in one form or another. Obviously mm-hmm. you have Thayer Munford, who was a starter last season before getting injured. You have Jonah Jackson, who was a starter and a Big Ten honorable mention. Uh, honoree while at Rutgers last year and now basically as and captain and a captain yeah and and as of earlier this week we know that Brandon Bowen is going to start in 2017 he was a starter on the offensive line before breaking his leg in multiple places so while it is reconfigured they're replacing four starters from 2018 they do have three guys that have substantial starting experience which is not what you expect when you lose four starters so I, I agree that the the concern over the offensive line is warranted, especially since they weren't great in run blocking last year. But they have a really interesting mix of experience and youth, especially when you start to figure in guys like Nicholas Petit Frere, who did not yet win the starting job, but is expected to rotate in. Yeah, that that is interesting, too. The fact that the Buckeyes actually plan on using seven or eight offensive linemen. But uh, Ryan Day made this sort of point the other day where he said football is increasingly going to become like hockey where you see more (laughs) players at more positions rotating in, having shifts. So So he expects, yeah, he expects that this is a trend that we're going to start seeing. Now we saw when Ohio state started rotating in defensive backs, the way they did that we thought that was weird, but seeing that happen on the offensive line, which apparently we will this weekend is going to be pretty mind blowing. And uh, a note on Brendan Bowen that was kind of cute is that uh, he found out the day that we talked to him that he was a starter. So we asked him a number of questions about him starting and not realizing that he himself had just found out minutes ago. So we got to tell him congratulations about that. That's awesome. He's had a he's had a very big year, including the birth of his first child. Um, So a very good time for him. But I'm looking forward to. seeing the offensive line sprint off. It's one thing when you've got defensive backs rotating out, those guys are, you know, putting down four, four and four, five, 40 times. And they're, you know, 190, 200 pounds. When you got six, eight, 300 pounders trying to get off for a shift change, uh, that could present some uh, uh, timing in issues for, uh, for the offense, but I'm looking forward to that. I'm not thinking that they'll necessarily come in no, I <laughs> during the run of play. I'm thinking they probably will rotate by, by series. That's why you're the smart one here, Laurie. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I don't see them huddling up much this year either. So I don't see an opportunity for them to come in during the run of play. That's a good point. Yeah, that's uh, should be interesting. There's a lot of unanswered questions that. I don't know that we'll be completely answered against Florida Atlantic, but we will start to get some pieces put together as to what the Ryan Day, Justin Fields, Ohio State offense will be like, and then what the Greg Madison at all defense will look like. There's 
a lot of of uncertainty that we haven't necessarily had for the past seven years in Columbus, and uh, that makes for exciting television watching or if you're going to be in the stadium uh, exciting game day watching but uh Lori, i always appreciate your insights i appreciate you doing this and uh have a great time uh today at the shoe don't forget to hydrate because uh I-, I know how hard you work uh, absolutely i absolutely now i'm not going to be sent in on the third series but i will absolutely <laughs> hydrate thank you i appreciate it. don't need you cramping up uh in the middle of the fourth quarter <laughs> there you go We will be back with a final look at the game and a prediction after this quick break. All right, we will wrap up all of these LGHL tailgate episodes by getting quickly into some numbers. ESPN's Bill Conley's advanced analytic measurement SP Plus has Ohio State as the seventh best team in the country and Florida Atlantic as the 74th. The Football Outsiders F-plus algorithm gives the Buckeyes a 99% chance to win today's game, and I am going to predict that J.K. Dobbins runs for 150 yards in the season opener. Justin Fields will throw for 220 and rush for another 50, throwing for his first two touchdowns as Ohio State's quarterback, while also getting another score with his legs on a 20-plus yard scramble. The OSU defense will look decidedly better than they did in 2018, despite the mid-level competition, but Kiffin is still an impressive offensive mind, and he will find ways to get slot receivers and tight ends matched up against Ohio State's linebackers. While that unit won't be anything near the clown show that it was last season, it will lead to some yards and points for the Owls. Ultimately, I will pick the Buckeyes to beat Florida Atlantic by a score of 52-13. to Thanks for listening to LGHL Podcast. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter at BWWMATT. And don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can also find Lori Schmidt on Twitter at Lori Schmidt. And as you are driving to and from the game, tune in to 610WTVN for all of their pre- and post-game coverage. We will be bringing you an unparalleled amount of Ohio State football coverage here on this podcast feed throughout the season with at least one podcast episode every day from now until the end of the Buckeyes regular season or to after the Big Ten championship game, assuming that they get there. So make sure that you subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. That way you will get all of the episodes downloaded directly to your device when they are live. With all that out of the way, the only thing left to be said is go Bucks.